Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Welcome back to the Man Up Podcast. We're coming to you from Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas, right near Houston. At least that's where two of us are right now. Uh, we've got Robert Koshu, the, the professor. He's coming to us by phone from the National Mall in Washington, D.C. So let's Yay. start by saying hello to Robert. How are you? Hey, Robert. Hi, everybody. I've been in Washington, D.C. for... The Association for Talent Development International Conference and Exposition all week, and we finished our conference up today. So I thought, what a more appropriate place to call in to the Mana podcast than the National Mall. I'm sitting on the, if you're looking at the Lincoln Memorial from the World War II or Washington Monument, I'm sitting on the left-hand side of the mall on a bench about halfway between the World War II Memorial and the Lincoln Memorial. So I thought that would be a fantastic location to record from so i decided i would call in well that's great we appreciate that and and hope you're, you're able to stay on a, a little bit at least till your your phone uh, battery uh, starts beeping yes yeah, so yeah. uh, and we're glad you're with us um with me also is mike cropper uh world-renowned prosecutor uh, and, uh, well, thank you. I'll, I'll accept that. And uh, and myself, I'm Steve Titch. I'm filling in for our host and director, Bill Cox. I'm a policy writer and sometime poker player. Uh, we are starting a new study this week. Uh, this is podcast 105. Uh, I lost count. Last week I, I hosted and said we were on podcast 103. Last week the... the uh, the feed in SoundCloud is correct. It was set, it was uh, podcast 104. So we're up to 105. Done so many of these that I'm losing count. Uh, but we're all excited because we're starting a new study uh, on the second book of Samuel. Uh, the the book we're using is from Baptist Way Press. It's in their Connect 360 series. It's titled Triumphs and Troubles. It is available uh, online from BaptistWayPress.org. And uh, you can you can order it from there. You can order a Kindle version to follow with us, or you can just uh, stick around and not worry. Because as I've said, sometimes we don't stay on the on the book script uh, uh, that much, uh, one way or another. So we're going to talk about Second Samuel, which follows um, uh, after First Samuel. We studied First Samuel last year, which was about Saul. And the, the only way I'll, I'll begin this because I'm going to go to Michael on this. Um, because he tends to be our man, our man who with the with the the, the background, but the, the the two the the two first and second Samuel are essentially one work. Uh, they're on two scrolls. Uh, we left off last uh, last year in chapter thirty one uh, at the end of Saul's life. We're going to pick up uh, in Second Samuel chapter one, and that again we'll sign the the action takes place immediately afterward. These are not two separate works. It's it's not like the Gospel of Luke and Acts, which were clearly two two different works. This is really should be read as one whole work. Um, 
So anyway, uh, let's start with first impressions at least. Second okay. uh, Samuel, our, our lesson is chapter 1, all of chapter 1 and chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Uh, so uh, you're waiting out there uh, on the mall, uh, Robert, so why don't, we, why don't we start with you? What, just a quick summary okay. of... of uh, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm kind of excited, and you're right, Steve, it was only really splitting the two scrolls for size and convenience mm-hmm. sake. Back in the Hebrew in the Hebrew scripture, but I'm excited because we've done First Samuel in essence at least twice, and some things in First Samuel we've done three times because of our different studies. That's right. When we yeah. did our six battles every man must win, that was mm-hmm. on David and the mighty men, which was mainly in First Samuel, mm-hmm. and now here we are in Second Samuel, and then we did another study of First Samuel. So once again, we're in Second Samuel, and this is the story that continues, and this is where. The book where you see David become the king, and he begins to become the king, and he takes over as king, starting here today. And, and there's a couple of interesting twists to this story as we look at today's scripture that become very interesting. And it's, it's going to be an interesting little discussion we can have on this as we look at it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, as Steve alluded to, I am on the mall. I'm sitting here on my cell phone, so I'm really hoping my battery hangs around. And I'll be able to stick around for most of the conversation. Okay, Michael, what do you think? Sure, well, it's interesting. Steve says I like to do a little summary first <laughs> because I do, uh, <laughs> yes. folks. Uh, we are at, at what Robert said, and as Steve has just said, we're going to start with David assuming the role of king of Israel. Now, this should be a, sa- a pardon me, a very happy and glorious and celebrated occasion, but it's not, as you're going to hear from the scriptures. It's very sad to start off with because the kingdom of Saul is ending and it's ending by his death. And uh, just real quick, I'm going to go through a few points that were in 1 Samuel that we studied. And guys, of course, Robert or Steve, if you want to comment while I'm doing this, uh, that'll be, feel free. First of all, in 1 Samuel, Saul was the first king of Israel. He was anointed by Samuel. He was anointed to be king because the people of Israel decided they wanted to have a king. In reality, God was their king, but they were not happy with having a king who could, they, they could not see. And their surrounding nations had kings that you could see uh, that were visible, that were like idols, whatever you want to say. So they, they petitioned Samuel, they petitioned God to have a king that they could see. So God went ahead and answered their question, uh, their request and gave them a king, and uh, his name was Saul. And he was a tall, handsome guy, somewhat shy at first. Uh, his strength was, he was very strong and courageous at first. His weaknesses were he was very impatient. He was also a jealous man, which showed up later. Sometime after 33 years of his being king, David is anointed king because of those weaknesses of Saul. Uh, because of those weaknesses, he did not worship God as he was supposed to. And Saul thought he was supposed to be the king of Israel. He did not under, I don't know if he ever understood that he was really just a figurehead and God was still supposed to remain the king over Israel. Then you have to read through 1 Samuel and you have to look closely to see these things. Anyway, uh, Saul becomes, uh, David is anointed king over Israel when God chooses uh, to make him king because Saul has disappointed him so much uh, in his worship to him and in his own pride. And uh, uh, this is about 33 years into Saul's reign. Now, one of the first things that happens, all of you know the story, David kills Goliath. 
And, and then Saul takes notice of this whenever Saul and the other soldiers would not face Goliath. He was a huge, huge giant. So David then becomes a member of Saul's household. Saul is unaware that David is anointed king of Israel. But David becomes a member of his household. And David and Jonathan's son become very best of friends. So Saul appoints David as a commander of, uh, over one of his armies. And David becomes extremely successful leading the men into victory and battle over to Philistia and other, uh, other nations. Saul then notices David and his success, and then he begins to seek ways to kill him because he realizes he is a threat to his kingdom. Um, Saul begins to chase David around the country. Uh, David, however, is given the opportunity to kill Saul, and he refuses to do that. The opportunity, he believes that once God has anointed a person to be in a particular position, that only God should be the one who removes that person from that position. And he refuses to kill Saul, even though he has several opportunities. Today's lesson will take place about, uh, like as I said, seven years after David is anointed to be king over Israel in place of Saul. And then just before today's lesson, when we start reading it, uh, folks, David is still being chased by Saul. He is in a Philistia city called Ziklag, hiding from Saul, because Saul is still trying to kill him. And he's been running from King Saul, as I mentioned. While he and his men are away from home, one day, from their houses in Ziklag, or their tents, whatever they're living in, their camp is raided by the Amalekites. David and his men return home and find their, their camp is completely burned, and all their families, their women and children, have been taken hostage and they are gone. Now, of course, they don't know that they're alive still. They, for all they know, that they're dead. But David and his men decide to pursue the Amalekite raiders. And they do find them. They find their families and they destroy all the Amalekites who raided their, their villages. And then God delivers all the women and children back to, the, to David and his men, and they return home to Ziklag. And that should take us up right up today's lesson where we start. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah I'll stop so, right there. So, yeah, yeah. And, and actually getting to it, um, if, you've, if you can make a Venn diagram of you know, Christianity or being a good Christian on one mm -hmm. of those circles, and office politics on the other circle, this <laughs> might be the one point of overlap. Um, because not this 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 great victory occurred on David's part. Uh, while this is going on, Saul is fighting the Philistines and is killed. Mm -hmm. Saul, as, as we're told in, thir in chapter Very thirty-one, good. takes his life. He's over. He's, his his armies are overwhelmed. They've overcome. He uh, asks his shield bearer to run him through, and and instead. Um, Saul falls on his own spear, uh, which is which the way it's reported in 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 chapter thirty one. We'll hear a little differently from someone in Second Samuel one, but we're going to get into an interesting idea of, you know, I, I could subtitle this, but I won't. Ding dong, the boss is dead. And, <laughs> Um, We're not going to do and, that, but Steve's going to do it anyway, right, Robert? Because, because <laughs> well, for let, men... Let, let, let me chime in wait, for wait, a second. For, so, okay. <laughs> what, Robert? So I, I've, been at, I've, been at, I've been at the Town Development Conference all week, and one of the biggest things we talked about was employee engagement and leadership. 
And yes, Steve, you're right. There is so much overlap here as oh. a possibility for discussion that, that it's just, it's insane. Yeah, yes, every, every, every guy, every, every guy, we know, every, I'm sure every one of our listeners at some point in their professional life has had a really bad boss. Uh, a boss that not only was a, a problem that created personal problems, but was actually his leadership or lack of leadership or lack of ability to do the job was detrimental to the employer as a, at large. And that's kind of what we have here. Saul was really, he, he was so obsessed with David, he was letting affairs of state just... Yeah. Go by the wayside, which is why the Philistines were had become yet again a major threat. And so, um, and, and I'm going to want to get to the scripture. He dies, but David, this this would be a great relief for David, whether or not he's going to be king or not. And he's not necessarily in line, but a guy who's been chasing him around, trying to kill him for years, is finally out of his hair. That's and right. I know that as a human being, I'd say... Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to rejoice and celebrate. That's right. And yet, and yet, there's some honest grief from uh, from uh, David. Now, part of this is also because Saul's son Jonathan, who was David's best friend, also was killed by the Philistine in the Philistine battle. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I'm gonna. Uh, Anything from Robert? Anything more from Robert? Because I know you haven't had a chance to chime in yet um, before we go to the scripture. No, it, other than go ahead and read the scripture and then let me come in because okay. there's, a, there's a couple of points mm -hmm. that I want to bring out real quick after you read that and we kind of kick a couple of them around. I okay, I'm, I'm, my plan, I'm, because there's a lot of scripture, I was going to only go through the first part of chapter 1 to start with and hold off on David's lament unless you want me to go through that. The biggest thing I need you to get is who killed Saul. Okay, all right. We're gonna go, well, we'll do. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna read for starters, Second uh, Samuel one, uh, verses one through fifteen. After the death of Saul, David returned from defeating the Amalekites and stayed in Ziklag two days. On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dust on his head. When he came to David, he fell on the ground to pay him honor. Where have you come from? David asked. He answered, I have escaped from the Israelite camp. What happened? David asked. Tell me. He said, the, man fled, the men fled from the battle. Many of them fell and died, and Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. Then David said to the young man who brought him to the report, How do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? I happen to be on Mount Gilboa, the young man said. And there was Saul, leaning on his spear, with the chariots and riders almost upon him. When he turned around and saw me, he called out to me and said, What can I do? He asked me, Who are you? An Amicalite, I answered. And he said to me, Stand over me and kill me. I'm in the throes of death, but I'm still alive. So I stood over him and killed him, because I knew that after he had fallen, he could not survive. And I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm and, get, and, have, and, and have brought them here to my Lord. Then David and all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan, and for the army of the Lord and the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. David said to the young man who brought him the report, Where are you from? 
I am the son of an alien, an Amicalite, he answered. David asked him, Why were you not afraid to lift your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of his men and said, Go strike him down. So he struck him down and he died. For David had said to him, Your blood be on your own head. Your own mouth testified against you when you said, I killed the Lord's anointed. So, Robert. So, so if anybody remembers, back when we did 1 Samuel, the race that, that got Saul in trouble with Samuel the first time was the Amicalites. Yes. Saul mm-hmm. was ordered to go kill all the Amicalites, and he failed. That's right. And so an Amicalite comes back and ends up being the one that kills him. Now you can argue the Philistines want him, but I, I've always found that a little humorous that when we don't follow through with what God instructs us to do, it can come back and get us on the back end. The, the second point I want to make here is is how David treated them. Is how David treated this, and, mm-hmm. and this is a this is a leadership lesson for men who have bad bosses because we've talked about that. Yeah. Your boss is your boss. I've had bad bosses. I've had horrible bosses in my career at various places. Yeah. People that had not a clue what they were doing, but they were still the boss. And when they told me to do something, their authority ensured, as long as it wasn't illegal or immoral, that I would go do it. And David's approach to Saul and how he approached this I think is a really big lesson for all of us in that this is how we're called to treat our leaders that have been put in place over us. We have to show them the respect as leaders and we have to do what they say. We don't necessarily have to agree with everything, but we do have to follow their orders as leaders and respect the fact that they have been put in authority over us one way or the other. And I think that's, that's a lesson we need as I'm sitting here on the National Mall, you know, when either side wins or loses in the, in the politics of the world today, you know, we have to slow down and go, hey, we must still respect the authority that that person has been given. Yeah, we don't have to like their decisions, do we? And of course, um, no. the country has been going less conservative for a number of years, and that's... Uh, uh, frustrating to you or to me, I, I should say me, because I'm somewhat conservative and I see the the decisions being made that that are not conservative or, or, or not do not benefit the church itself or the the people who are Christians. They seem to be going away from that. The pendulum swings away from that. And uh, <coughs> pardon me, it, it is very frustrating, like you said. But you do have to. Even Jesus told us to give us a certain amount of respect to our government that God has put them in place, and but they are there for purpose. I, I I see what you're saying, Robert, and but I I don't see. Forgive me, I don't see much of a civics lesson in here as I do of grace. Um, the civic lesson was an aside. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was an aside, but it, it, it was a respect of authority that uh, David had for Saul, where he wouldn't even do it, and the guy that killed Saul. He had him executed. Why right. him and, executed? And, because and, he killed God's anointed. And David and David respected. You might say he respected the office. Yes. As and Correct. and, yeah. and it was God's anointed. And we know that David respected that himself uh, at least right. twice. He he said and he and he gave. You know his his men were say, telling him, "Oh, now's your chance." 
and and David basically said it outright, nope, 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 we don't, we don't, we're not going to kill a man anointed by God, even if he's lost his way. But um, let's, let's, let's talk about what comes next, this lamentation. Um, David feels bad, David grieves for the loss of Saul. Um, not so much uh, 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 a bit of uh, a bit of Jonathan is part of that, but he, as as we go through this, um, as we go through this, uh, he curses almost curses the Mount Gilboa where 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 Saul died. Says you know nothing will grow there. He says don't let don't let the Fal- Pal- uh, Philistines hear about this because they'll rejoice. Mm-hmm. Um, and he. Uh, well, and in this in this reading, he, he writes this lamentation, and he proclaims he, that everyone in Judah should learn it. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna read it, um, and then then we'll go to a break and we'll come back. So David took up this lament concerning Saul and his son Jonathan, and ordered that the men of Judah be taught this lament of the of the bow. It is written in the book of Jashar. Your glory, O Israel, lies slain on your heights. How the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in Gath, or proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon, lest the daughters of the Philistines be glad, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised rejoice. O mountains of Gilboa, may you neither have dew nor rain, nor fields that yield offerings of grain. For there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul no longer rubbed with oil. From the blood of the stain, from the flesh of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back. The sword of Saul did not return unsatisfied. Saul and Jonathan, in life they were loved and gracious, and in death they were not parted. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions." O daughters of Israel, weep for Saul, who clothed you in scarlet and finery, who adorned your garments with ornaments of gold. How the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain on your heights. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. How the mighty have fallen. The weapon of war have perished. And we're going to take a break. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMACox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. Okay, we're back. Uh, we just read David's 
lamentation for Saul and Jonathan. Um, what do you think, guys? Uh, I'm amazed at, this is the man, and, and I think maybe there's a lesson here we can think about how we treat our enemies, at the very least, because here's a man who, nearly as we can tell, 10 to 15 to 20 years, had been chasing David, trying to kill him, mm-hmm. and it really forced him to leave his country, leave his family, hide everything, uh, and really flee his homeland. And yet, when you read this, David is this isn't this isn't a political funeral speech. This is a true lament where David really feels something for the person who God had anointed king. And, and I'm with you, Steve. I think some of it's related to Jonathan, but there is most definitely Saul in there, too, mm-hmm. as you look at it. Yeah, you don't see anything negative about Saul. And, and I, I think David is very, very, very sharp common sense-wise. If, if you back up for just a minute to the opportunities when he had to kill Saul, and he had, if he had followed through with killing Saul, then he would have to kill his whole family. And then his family would be in danger of being killed as well. There is such... <coughs> I don't know that David saw this ahead of time or whether God just showed him the common sense in honoring Saul. But here, when he, even when he has the opportunity to not say much about him, he says nothing but great stuff and does nothing but compliment his family. And this will come back later to bless David from the families of Saul. They will learn and realize that David was not responsible for Saul's death or Jonathan's death or anybody else. And when their enemies do come later on, I think uh, men from Jabeth Gilead or or, or ones that come after the family of Saul later, (coughs) pardon me, it will be seen that David had nothing to do with any of it. He did not set anybody up to hurt the family of Saul at all, ever. It was just uh, uh, God's hand in dealing with Saul for the, uh, I guess, whatever injustices he did. And David is completely clear of wrongdoing to the family of Saul. And David has been anointed by Samuel way back yes. in way back in in when, First Samuel. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think many many of the people in Israel know this. And certainly David at this point is not in line. Um, we all, we're all, we're all going to get a Game of Thrones here. He is, uh, Saul, Saul, has had, Saul had four sons. Three were killed by, uh, by, and that, and by the Philistines in this past battle at Mount Galboa. There is another son um, and and who who really is the rightful heir under the protocols of the time? Uh, just up to now, he 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 is, was the was the son of the king. So David uh, does not does not, and and I think that was very pointed that the Amicalite shows up, and and this is this is to show that this guy this the, the Amicalite was probably lying, and he was probably trying to get away with something. He shows up with the crown, and he's ready to put it on David's head, probably in hopes that I'm going to throw in with this guy. Yes. And David does not accept that crown. 
which is very which is very important. That's right. And and yeah. I agree with that because if you look at the language, he calls him my lord. I brought them here mm-hmm. to you, my lord. And I'm with you. I think maybe he's trying to pull a fast one. Oh, at no this problem. point, he's trying to get on David's good side. Well, no, because by now <laughs> yeah. David hadn't obtained a reputation as a warrior. Yeah, I, I think I think the reputation was there in Judah. Which is why David said, "Lord, where should I go up?" And, and we'll deal with that maybe scriptures later. But um, I think a number of people did know he was anointed to be king, but it wasn't a popular belief, and, mm-hmm. and no one was seeing anything go in that direction. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like David, I think David, when he was in Ziklag, he did not know that Saul was killed and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. I think it was just totally devastating to him. Mm-hmm. He knew someday the Lord would remove Saul because he was anointed king, and he knew God follows through with what he says he would do. But he doesn't ever picture them being killed or being put mm-hmm. to death, right? The family. So, uh, so yeah. So in this last part, we're going to see um, David does not does not declare or proclaim himself king of Israel. He is by acclamation proclaimed by I his followers, the people in Ziklag and the people who basically he just rescued yeah. as king of Judah, which is, which was a tribe of Israel and, and it was where, where, where David's tribe was, was from. It was given land, if we go back to uh, uh, Exodus, it was, it was <coughs> land given in the southern part. It's, it is where, it is kind of the southern part of Israel now and it will become part Will become the southern kingdom later when when uh, when the kingdom divides. So David is named king of of Judah, but um, as we, as as we'll see, we want to cover this. Um, the 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 surviving son of Saul still has the allegiance of Saul's general and his army. So I'm going to read these last these seven verses from chapter two, chapter two, verses one through seven. In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, Go up. David asked, Where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there with his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David also took the men who were with him, each of his family, and settled in Hebron and the towns. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and they anointed David king over the house of Judah. When David was told that it was the men of Jabesh-Gilead who had buried Saul, he sent messengers to the men of Jabesh-Gilead to say to them, The Lord bless you for showing this kindness to Saul your master by burying him. May the Lord now show you the kindness and faithfulness, and I too will show you the same favor because you have done this. Now then, be strong and brave. For Saul, your master, is dead, and the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. So, guys, so what's what? What? No, he is he is accepting <coughs> kingship in Judah, and so where's where where's Saul now? Where what do you think where his head is at at this point? Who's who's head? David's. David's head. David's. I'm sorry. <laughs> where David's head? Saul. <laughs> Saul's head is I done. Where is David's head? David's head by. I think this is the first time this is actually the first time David claims kingship. 
Mm-hmm. He, he, he had never claimed the kingship as long as Saul was alive. Right. And I, I think it's interesting that he claims it in the South where he had a following and where his family was from. Right. Good. And so he, he, he starts with, in, in, in our terms, we'll call it starting with your base. You know, where he knew he had strength. He starts there and then starts deciding if he wants to move up within yeah. within the uh, other tribes of Judah. Yeah. So he definitely is starting in his base. Well, they definitely knew he had been anointed. His family was anointed. His family was there when he was anointed mm-hmm. king of Israel, remember? So I'm sure when Samuel the prophet come to see you, it was a big deal. And his family knew that Samuel was coming to see the family of Jesse. And so you probably prepare a feast for him because he is the prophet of Israel. So he comes down there. They're not knowing that he's going to anoint one of the one of the children, king of Israel. But he comes in and he tells Jesse, "I'm here. Uh, the Lord has sent me. So have your sons walk before me." And 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 Jesse has all his sons walk before him except David, who's the youngest, I guess, and he's out keeping the sheep. So uh, he says, "The Lord has not chosen any of these people, Jesse." And and uh, Jesse then says, "Do you have any other choice?" He says, "Yes, I have a." I have my youngest out in the field keeping sheep. <laughs> and he says, well, call him in. And this turns out to be David, of course, who is, who is to become the king. And, and to me, again, he is anointed right in front of his brothers, who some of them become very jealous later that he becomes a cha- the king. But again, I believe a lot of the members of his, his, his uh, outlying family it, it, is there. Is, Judah, the tribe would know. You know it's, it's, it was, you're, you're, you, can, you, can, you can look up that story, that is 1 Samuel chapter 16, 1 mm-hmm. through 13, the whole anointing of David. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jude, yeah. word was probably around Judah that this and, happened. That's why we go back to Judah. <laughs> yeah, and, Good and, question. And, mm-hmm. uh, a point. Steve was Steve bought out, and of course Robert. So uh, uh, he says, Lord, where shall I go? Knowing for a while, probably the Lord's going to tell him to go to Judah. But he says, where in Judah? And he says, Hebron or Hebron. And um, I, I don't know particularly why that area, maybe that's close to his family. He was, uh, y'all remember David was born in Bethlehem or was raised in Bethlehem, much like Christ, I think, was born in Bethlehem. So it's it's a very couple of similarities. Are they're very, very... Uh, um, Hebron is almost, looking at my map here, Hebron is almost dead center in the middle of the land of Judah. It yes. is. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, it is south uh, south of Bethlehem and and quite a way south of Jerusalem, which would, would later become the capital. But so he's he's gone back to the heart of his homeland. Mm-hmm. 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 And and he um, he sees things fall into place. The men come there, I guess, with a short time. It doesn't say a day or a week. But I would imagine within a, mm-hmm. uh, a month or so that they're living back in Hebron. Mm-hmm. The men of Judah come there, the elders, and come and anoint him mm-hmm. king of Israel. Mm-hmm. He's at least of Judah, at least. Yeah, yeah Judah, pardon me. Judah, yeah, right, right, <laughs> not Israel. My apologies. Yeah. Judah only at this point. It's not till what, three years later that Israel comes to him, More I think. Se- I think he's got seven. Is he, is he, well, we'll see that. Is, That's is, next week's lesson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, once, once again, David, uh, David is... It's very intelligent. He's passing out compliments. He has been anointed king, and and then he contacts the men of Jabesh Gilead, who showed a great deal of respect. When David and Jonathan and the other two brothers were killed on Mount Gilboa, the um, 
the Philistines took and cut off their heads and took their bodies and hung them on mm -hmm. gates uh, outside of, um, oh, I forget what city what was. Do you remember, Steve? They hung them on um, one of their cities, main cities. What was that, Robert? I can't remember. I'm sitting here trying uh, to think. They put the uh, temple in there. It, it's the a the ball of Be the, on the bone. Fastened to the body, fastened his body to the wall of Beth Shan, which Beth was a of temple. Course, of yes. And, and yes, so they fastened to there, and the men of Jabeth Gilead, who are, of course, the Jews, came uh, overnight during the night and took the bodies down and burned the bodies and, and uh, buried the bones as, out of respect. And then they fasted for seven days. Not one day. Not one afternoon, folks. The men's of J men of Jabath Gilead and possibly the whole town fasted and mourned over Saul and the family. And uh, David, David has a great deal of respect for that. Again, once more, somebody has treated Saul and his family uh, with great love and respect, and he sends him a message saying, Blessed are you for treating your, your king with loyalty. And he says, Now the Lord, he blesses them. He says, May the Lord show you steadfast love and faithfulness, and I, I will do good for you for do, having done this thing, and let your hands be strong, be courageous, be valiant, even though Saul your Lord is dead, because I, I am now anointed king over is uh, a Judah over mm -hmm. over them. So he says, whatever I promise you, I will do. And David does. David is man of his word. We'll see that later. Yeah, what I'm looking forward to, this is a great prologue and setup for the entire book of 2 Samuel because we're going to get some of the great stories about David that everybody knows mm -hmm. as we go through this study. And it's going to be David... Samuel and Saul, as much as Saul was a lesson in how not to lead, David is a lesson in how to lead and a lesson in how to fail once you get into power. Even <laughs> more right. than Saul, because Saul had the insecurities that we saw in him from the beginning. They just became more manifest as mm -hmm. he grew into his leadership. David, by all rights, indications, everything was a fantastic leader that could set everything up, but then let things get the better of him. And we're going to see that as we move through this. And I think it's going to be some great lessons from Ed as we move through with Second Samuel. Be before you go, I'm going to take this back, one back to kind of contemporary and, and, and the lessons for for us as men. I've got a little case study here. This is from the lesson, um, but I think it, it brings things back around to where, where, where we should be coming from as Christians. So here, here is the scenario. Here is the case study, and, and I'd like your opinions on it, and if you're listening, you think about it as well. <clears throat> you have a boss who has mistreated you for the past several years. You have just received word that your boss has had an accident that makes it impossible for him to return to work. When her retirement is announced, you will move into his position. What will you say to other co-workers about your former boss? How difficult is it to focus on the value of your former boss when he has continually devalued you and your work? Uh, so. Robert, as the as the trainer, and probably is for all I know, this is somewhere in your curriculum. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, it might be. <laughs> but uh, well, I'll say you know what do you you're you're the you're the you're you're a role model in this. I'm gonna put it out and say, uh, what what would you do? What would you do? You, you've had a boss who's really not been very good, and it's been particularly unfair to you. He's gone. You've got his job. What do you say to your staff? Well, and and this is one where the old adage. Um, not biblical, not spiritual, but we've all heard it. Don't speak ill of the dead. And he may not be dead. As you said, he's had an accident. He's not able to come back. But your job is to move your team forward. And you don't move forward by degenerating what happened in the past. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's really a conversation that starts with, you know, as you, you know, if, if I'm presenting this, as you may know, John, our former bo our boss, he's been involved in an accident. What you don't know and what we just found out today is he's not going to be coming back to join us. You know, it's a severe thing. So obviously we're going to see as a company what we need to do to support his family in this time, and he'll be taken care of. Now I'm going to let you know I'm, I'm moving into the role. I'm not John. I'm going to do things probably a little differently. And then from there, you start working your leadership pieces where – you schedule your meetings with your people. You find out where they are. You, you don't dog him in those individual meetings either. It, it's one of those you have the long conversations with each other that really are all about where. how do we move forward as a team? We don't move forward by looking in the rearview mirror or by staying where we are now. How do we move forward? How do we become successful as a team? And what do we need to come together as a team to do to move the organization and our team forward and it's one of those David knew this and 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 the the show of celebrating everyone and all of that and I don't think it was a show I think David had genuine feelings and gen and he had genuine respect for the anointed of God as a part of that and so I tend to think that it, it wasn't really a show it was really all about him celebrating what was going on with God's life, with God's anointing, and moving forward as he moved with that. Cool. I think I agree with him. Uh, I don't think um, if you happen to be the one leaving and <laughs> retiring, <laughs> and you want to say so many things that are wrong with the company and what they need to fix, I don't think that's a good idea either. <laughs> I think it's. Uh, I think it's a you're better not idea accomplish to accomplish anything. What's that? As you, you're not going to accomplish anything with that. No, I As think you, you should compliment because in everybody's life you can find good, even in your enemy. And David, uh, pardon me, Jesus makes a point of saying that: love your enemies. If you're looking for good in people, you will find it, even if you don't like what they did. It probably made you stronger if you had the right attitude. <clears throat> and, uh, and 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 so. I can remember leaving the school board when I was on the school board with Stafford. Uh, I could have said some uh, things that would not have been very nice, but you know what? The Lord put it in my heart and says, you know what? People appreciate it if you compliment them, find the good things about them, and say the good things, just like Davis Lament did. We, 
From a school board mic? Really? They would have to think how Actually, we had a good sermon uh, last Sunday that set this lesson up very well. You can find it on YouTube at the Sugarland Baptist Church uh, YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. But the idea of maybe getting out of your own box, getting out of your own emotional uh, view and seeing someone maybe as God sees them or certainly with a little more objectivity. And this is kind of what you're saying. Saul did have a great early career. Um, and, he did. And, and David acknowledges that in that... In that uh, uh, oh, daughters of Israel, you were clothed in scarlet and finery. Absolutely. Uh, he, uh, he acknowledged that. And, um, and even on the political side, um, it, I, I recall when we know, we, we, we've all seen, while John McCain was alive, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of divisiveness uh, it aimed at him. Uh, similarly, if you, if you want to date yourself, George Bush 41, H.W. Bush, both died last year. Um, and yet, at that point, everybody kind of set aside the differences and eulogized both men. Yeah. And so we, we see that. And this, this might be sometimes the, not only the wise thing, <laughs> the political thing, but the Christian thing to do. Uh, the I, and 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 it is sincere. That's what makes it all the more powerful. Um, he isn't. David isn't just mouthing this. He, he he speaks from the soul. You can tell in the language, and you, you can tell in the poetry. So uh, it, it's a one way to one way to let go. Also, I mean, he does not have to worry about being chased around anymore. But he can leave all that behind now. Uh, yes, and take a lesson from the Amalekite. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> don't, don't, don't flatter. Yes. Because you have, I don't know if any of you ever done this, but I, I, I possibly in the past I've said something that I thought was going to sound mm-hmm. so great, and then it turned to backfire on me because uh, what I I was using it for the wrong yeah. reason, the statement I was making for the wrong reason, and this Amalekite David clearly saw through him. He says. First, he says, I escaped from the Israelite camp. I escaped. Why was he having to escape from the Israelite camp? <laughs> then he says, I just happened to be on Mount Gilboa when Saul is about to just happen to be there, uh, David. Yes. And, 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 uh, and then he just happened to call me over to kill him. <laughs> it gets yeah, more, yeah, you get actually, your... the way you tell that, you see how... You know, it isn't. It isn't that 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 David. You know, didn't give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Right. This is this is a wild story. And so you know, you, you took the crown. And what you do is you dig a, a pit for yourself when you tell one lie, folks. And this is what essentially it does. And he digs a pit for himself so that it's so obvious David has no choice but to kill him. I mean, I mean. Let's say execute God's wrath mm-hmm. on him. Let's say in that way. David is not doing it for his, himself. He's doing it because the guy is such a liar. And and and, and he killed every, the king. He killed the king. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he admitted and, it. He, 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 he is an opportunist, right? And, yes. <laughs> At least he thinks he is. So he comes back and um, says, "You know, then here I am to serve you, uh, King David." And and David says, 
boy, is that bull. <laughs> you, can't, you, get, you can't get much more than that. So uh, keep that in mind, folks. And all of you know, especially if you're Christians, uh, it doesn't matter if you're Christian or not, folks. You tell a lie once or you tell yourself to get yourself out of trouble and you end up, well, you may end up digging a pit for yourself yes. and going deeper and deeper and deeper and it may get you fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and boy, this Amalekite got fired as, as we look in the lesson here. So uh, keep things keep things honest uh, and, and if you do do something wrong, be honest about it and say, you know, I, I screwed up or I messed up, I said the wrong thing. I'm sorry. Um, what can I do? What can I do to make it better? So anyway, that's just practi- a little mm-hmm. practical note there. I okay. know. Robert, anything? Anything to wrap up? Um, no, just that we're, we are going to be moving, moving through David. It's going to be great lessons in leadership, as I stated earlier as we move on. Do want to encourage everybody go. Look us up on www.manupspiritualoasis.com. That's good. Also, don't forget we are on Facebook and our Twitter feed, all of the, which is accessible from the website as well as our complete SoundCloud archive. Um, if you want to go take a look at our Facebook page today, I did post some pictures from National Mall. I was out walking around. I took a few pictures, took a good selfie with the Lincoln Memorial in the background as well. Um, want to pay attention. So we're talking about sacrifices. Um, I wandered through the World War II Memorial before I came and sat down over here, and I took a picture of the wall of gold stars. There's 4,804 gold stars on the wall inside the World War II Memorial. Each one of those gold stars represents 100 lives lost in World War II from, from America. And it's a great sacrifice for us to keep our freedom and for us to keep what we know is our country. And I, when I'm here, I'm always reminded of that, of our history the other thing. So I want to encourage everybody to go take a look at our website, go take a look at our Facebook page, follow us up on Twitter, and join us next week because I'm glad you caught up, Steve. I could not remember what lesson we were on. I was out last week dealing with some homestead issues. And so... <laughs> uh, we, we may talk about that next week when you're back um, uh, because that's another interesting story in itself. Have a safe trip back, Robert. Enjoy, uh, I guess, one, one, one more night in D.C., uh, I'm flying out early tomorrow morning and, and come back home. And, so. uh, and we'll hope to see you back next week. Uh, Let me say something real quick. I'm okay, yes. there. Go I, want, ahead. I, I do want to thank Steve Titch for hosting the Man Up series the last couple of weeks. And we do miss our pig farmer, mm-hmm. wherever he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, sure he's, back. he's back up at the pig farm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, we, we sure thank Steve for, taking for care, hosting us. Taking care of business. And, and you listening in, uh, certainly, please, please, uh, please come back. Uh, check us out, as uh, Robert said. And if uh, you feel uh, the spirit moving you, speak. Uh, Visit a local church, a Bible-based church, uh, and and get more involved in the faith. Uh, the Lord moves in mysterious ways, and uh, He may be working in your life. And we here at the Man Up Podcast are praying for you. Uh, be uh, an, in the meantime, have a great week. We'll catch you next week. This has been Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here. 
on the Man Up Podcast.